0: Wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Q and uh, This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, I'm Pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful and the glorious, what a day it is, City of Adelaide. I'm also your presenter of Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, now, of course, yesterday I was didn't have the privilege of coming on yesterday. My my good friend uh, Pastor Ricardo uh, took my place yesterday, and I really did miss Drive Time. I miss it uh, when I can't speak to our, our friends. Uh, now, folks, this week we are following the theme, The Bible is. In times of hurt and pain Uh, Now look, this is a really big one You know, one of the things I'm just so conscious of Is that so many believers uh, struggle with this particular issue So often this question comes up uh, Why is this happening to me? Uh, Aren't I following uh, the way that God uh, is moving? The way that God is working? Uh, uh, Is there something I'm doing wrong? Uh, And of course, uh, that question You know, and it's so troubling to so many people. Uh, so today we're asking the, the question, do the faithful always win? Uh, now look, if you would like to, to make a comment, if you'd like to ask a question, if you'd like to give some feedback, all you need to do is to text us at our studio text number. Now our studio text number is O four triple eight eight zero eight eleven. Now, that number again, oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. Look, why don't you, in fact program that number into your phone. Um, just under drive time, then you can send us feedbacks, you can request books to your heart's content. It makes it so easy. And that number again is 4888 80811. we would love uh to have you uh, uh give us some uh, some feedback. Uh, now of course the question we're actually asking today is that question do the faithful Always win. What a question to respond to. I'm really looking forward uh to uh, uh to getting a response uh to uh to that question. Now, to guide us through our discussion today, we're actually joined by uh Eric Horan. Eric, in his retirement, is pastor to the Adelaide Seventh Day Adventist Indigenous Congregation. A person retires and then comes back to uh, pastoral work again. That seems to be the way uh, for so many uh pastors. Uh welcome to you, Eric.
1: Thanks, Pastor Gary, and it's great to be sitting in this with you Knight, and hello to the listeners.
0: It's so good to have you back in the studio again. You know, you used to be a regular, uh, but of course, you've you've backed out just a uh, just just a little bit. I think uh, retirement uh, must be becoming incredibly appealing to you. But thankfully, you are in, you are wonderfully uh, endowed so that uh, you can come into the studio as you uh, uh, as we do actually have need, and we had need on this occasion. So you came in. It's fantastic to have you uh, have you in the studio. Now, of course, you've just got back from one of your trips away, and uh, you've just got back from Cairns.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, we actually went to Townsville, and um, yeah, we had uh, 10 days there. We picked up a motor home in Townsville and uh, went south this time. We've been north before from Cairns, so we thought we'd go south from Townsville and went along the beaches and down through the little towns, through Bowen, down a bit further and came back up and had some absolutely beautiful time, the wife and I, away from all the cares and worries of the the world and just relaxing and reading and, uh, you know, Pastor Gary, it's so wonderful to be semi-retired and, and the weather was, you know, it was 26 every day yeah. without fail. I mean, what more can I say? Yeah,
0: I, I used to actually live in that part of the world. As In fact, I spent four yeah. years living up in Townsville and I well remember going up to the Atherton Tablelands and we want to give a really big shout out to our listeners because uh, did you know, Eric, that up in Northern Australia in Townsville, there has just been a brand new studio opened and uh, they actually have a program uh, uh, each week that comes direct uh, into our system uh, from Townsville. So I want to do a really big shout out to all of our uh, our good mates, our listeners uh, up on the Atherton Tablelands, Cairns, Ta- uh, Townsville, down to Mackay, that entire area because uh, uh, I I believe they've uh, now got access to one of the best radio stations in Australia. I reckon this is one of the best. In fact, I think this is the best li- radio station in all of Australia uh, now of course we've also got in the studio today uh, with us uh, Suzanne and it's fantastic to have Suzanne uh, in the uh, in the studio uh, Suzanne is uh, one of our spiritual leaders in in South Australia and uh, I, I believe the, uh, the the senior elder of uh, of one of our our small small churches and it's fantastic to have Suzanne uh, in the in the studio with us because on this subject we believe we actually actually need a ladies' input. So welcome to you, Suzanne.
2: Oh, thanks, Gary. Lovely to be here today. Nice to see you guys.
0: And, and you know, one of the things I really appreciate about Suzanne coming in the studio is whenever she, she comes, uh, uh, Suzanne brings homemade jams. Uh, now, 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 do you make these jams yourself?
2: I do. I do. Yes, yes. So uh, We've got chutneys and jams and, yeah, lots of goodies in the box.
0: And you leave them, you just leave them here for the presenters to be able to choose one, don't yep, you? Yeah,
2: sweeten you all up. Uh, <laughs> and,
0: uh, you think we need swinging up? <laughs> no, no. I really, but it, it, I appreciate uh, Suzanne coming in the studio, not because of the jam, <laughs> uh, but rather uh, because of the uh, the wisdom that she does actually uh, uh, does actually bring. I really appreciate what uh, what uh, Suzanne brings into the into the studio. Uh, now, uh, uh, let's come to our anyway. Let's come to our uh, our uh, uh, Christian uh, our World Watch uh, segment because. Uh, uh, this article is really is really significant. This is just actually in the Christian Headlines uh, site. I just picked this up up today, and uh, the article jumped out at me because it was a, a simple one. It was actually uh, framed in business terminology, but it had a powerful point to it. it the article was entitled "Acquisition versus Retention." Now. I want you to um, just – this is framed in business language, and yet I believe it appeals so much uh, to the position of the church. Uh, this is what the article says. In the business world, there's a clear understanding about the dynamic between acquisition and retention, meaning the value of gaining new customers versus keeping existing customers Both, of course, the business world recognises is important. What is clearly understood is that while it's important to expand your customer base, it's imperative to keep your existing customers. Far too many businesses, and this is the significant point, far too many businesses focus more energy on acquisition alone because getting a new customer is actually harder than keeping uh, the, uh, the current customers. Uh, Think about somebody who buys a car Uh, A smart dealer, smart car dealers Know that selling the car is not the end of the game But rather the beginning After the sale, there are oil changes And new tyres, repairs and tune-ups Not to mention the future buying of a similar car Keeping the customer is gold and then the article goes on and applies this to the church. Churches need to learn from this. I know. It's a bit crass. It's almost consu- it's a crass consumeristic uh, thought uh, which has been laid out. It's distasteful. Uh, and it's not fully applicable to the Christian life, uh, much less to the Christian community. But, the author says, let's think about this for just a moment. I trust that nobody who reads these blogs questions my focus on reaching the unchurched or evangelism as we would call it. But I hope I'm also street smart enough to know that keeping those that we've reached is also important. In fact, it's very important. When you've reached someone and then you've poured into them in terms of teaching, discipleship and mentoring and they become servers and givers and inviters and leaders, they become your rock stars. They are the ones advancing the mission down the field. God honours their commitment and uses them in disproportionate ways and it often takes years to get a person, to get a believer to that place. A new acquisition is always celebrated. As Someone bursting forth from the waters of baptism is always a fantastic reward, but it takes an enormous amount of time and effort before they in turn contribute to someone else's evangelism. I've often said that evangelism and discipleship are not pitted against each other nor do they offer competing missions. They are simply two sides of the same coin, evangelism and discipleship. Make no mistake, if you do not flip the coin and ensure that you are committed to retention as you are to acquisition, you are biting the hand that feeds you. Actually, no, that's not worded quite right. You are cutting off the hand that's fueling. Your growth now I really appreciate this and I'd be interested in some feedback from both uh, Eric and from uh, and from Suzanne on this one because uh, this is a, a a real issue that churches struggle with uh, year by year uh, I mean certainly as a as a church pastor I'm aware of the dare I say it the amount of money uh, that churches have have put into evangelism to impacting the community to calling people to to Christ and that's important and absolutely vital but uh, i i'm also conscious as a pastor myself that maybe the same amount of effort is not put into i suppose growing and maintaining uh, the uh, the spiritual lives uh, and the I suppose the process of discipling those who are actually in the church. Now I'd be really interested in your in your feedback, Let, Eric. Let's come to you come to you first. Now you're a uh, you're a church a church pastor. You've done it for uh, for numerous uh, years. Have I got something wrong here? I mean, do you think we've um, you know we've overemphasized evangelism? I can really relate to this
1: article, Pastor Gary, because for years I was actually uh, having my own business as a literature of just going door-to-door selling books. And uh, back then when we started, uh, when I started and Suzanne joined us, um, there was only one set of books that were going into homes. And um, we looked at that, and Suzanne and I, and we worked out a program where we actually set into place steps that we could actually resell to the same person over and over again so that they their libraries were full of spiritual books and the way yeah. we did this was by keeping our word, like we'd say we'd deliver a book one at a time, we were there, they knew they could trust us first of all but also we made friends by going into their homes and being mm. with them and I think mm. this comes down to evangelism well. when somebody new comes to church, they often come in because they may have been to a mission so they have a they've got a friendship with the presenter
0: okay mission is a, a what well, an evangelistic, evangelistic series, series. Yep. so they've got
1: yep. that connection but the connection to the church members may or may not be there and so therefore uh, we need to build up the friendship basis so that they know and can trust us as well and through that there are many steps that 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 is doing with that, and that is first of all that we don't have our little clicky groups in the church because I think we can evangelize, bring people in, and then we think, our, we think well, that's our job done. It's not, we, we're part of a family. And so I believe that um, having this um, friendship aspect that we treat everybody as though they've been in church for a long, long time. Some of the new believers can teach us so much and to have them involved in church is so important that they feel part of it, that they can do what they would like to do in the church. Uh, you know, I, I, I truly believe that the friendship aspect of the evangelism that we carry carries on for a long time for always after that point that will hold people in the church, especially young people that we seem to, to lose, uh, uh. uh, by making them feel appreciated, uh, that, uh, they are equal with everybody, you know, they've, they've come in for the first time, they have just as much right to, to be in there as everybody yeah, else, you yeah, yeah, understand yeah. what I'm saying? And then we build on that.
0: Uh, Suzanne, look, let me just turn to you if I can, because I'm really conscious that uh, you're uh, part of a church that is really big into evangelism. You're touching your community. But I also know that uh, you seem to be, have an ability to be able to disciple. And that's the, the word for, uh, you know, retaining people, uh, dis- disciple those who come into, uh, into your church. I mean, uh, just a, a few years ago, the, the church at Victor Harbour, which is where, where you're at was almost non-existent. Whereas now it seems to be, I mean, it's, it's just run a major evangelistic campaign down there. Look, how do you, I mean, I mean, where do you put your emphasis? Is it on, Evangelism? Is it discipleship? Is it both? I mean, what do you do? I mean, do the two go together at all?
2: Yeah, I like the um, idea of the two sides of the coin. I think that's definitely what it is. Um, sometimes, and I think in the past, we've definitely been guilty of evangelism doing all the hard work, oh, okay, that's over now and, you know, there's X number of people that are um, interested and coming along and things like that and then sort of rested on our laurels and not being careful and diligent of following up. Um, like Eric said, Friendship is the way to go there. So getting, um, inviting people along to the church socials, the meals, things like that. But also we just had a survey at our church because we've got three new baptized people come in. And so we put out a survey in the church and it had a list of different things that people could do at church to be yeah, involved. Yeah. And they would tick yes or maybe on yes, there yes, with their name yeah. on it and that. And that just gave them, okay, um, do I want to be involved? First off, mm. we want to encourage them to be involved. And it can be something um, simple behind the scenes. It might even be just washing the dishes after mm. lunch or something like that. Mm. Or if they'd like to be a door greeter or say the main prayer, just to start getting them involved um, and then yeah, following up. If they're not there one week at church, um, a quick call or a text, hey, missed you. you know. So I think people, they w- they want to be in a place where they are accepted and where Mm. they're valued. And then when they are hanging around with you and with church and that, then they're learning all those things as well that come as a form of discipleship. So, you know, things... So it's really
0: an acceptance and a mentoring type type process you know i know at my church at at Brighton. one of the things that uh, just uh, just last weekend we actually had uh, uh one of our our specialists in strategic planning uh come come to our church and uh, of course we, uh, that meant in the on the sabbath afternoon we broke up into small groups and uh I looked at this issue of how can this church actually uh, actually grow you know what are the positives of uh, uh of our Brighton, Brighton church, and uh, you know. All the things came out that I expected uh, to to come out because I think I've got a pretty reasonable understanding of the uh, of the church. You know, the people appreciate the uh, the worship, that the traditional worship style. They appreciate the preaching. They appreciate the uh, they appreciate the fellowship. They appreciate the, the cross cultural. Um, you know, all, all this was incredibly positive. But uh, do you know the thing that was more repetitious than anything else? <laughs> uh, they appreciate. Uh, uh, every week, church lunch. That was just repetitious church lunches church lunches you know <laughs> all the others were there um but it was the fact that uh, okay there there's a uh, there's a basket lunch where everyone contributes in a potluck type style uh, once a month but on other uh, other weeks it's just uh it's just um soup and buns and Excellent. yet yeah. being able to come together and simply have that fellowship uh, and grow in relationship mm-hmm. uh, was actually the uh, actually the key. Uh, to, yeah. Um, Eric, you're wanting to get in there.
1: No, no, I, I'm, I totally agree with you. You know, I think that time uh, is sometimes um, when we don't have a church lunch at uh, at our church, something's missing. And um, And we find that the people that we want to talk to, you really can't do it uh, much after church. And uh, some of them travel from a long way in. And I think that church lunch gives the opportunity for us to actually, even though we've been um, maybe a few folks have been going there for years. It still gives that app- opportunity once again to actually reconnect again and and share what's going on in our lives together. I think it's uh, church lunches are so valuable, and just sitting around the fellowship time is so important. Eh? So yeah, yeah, I think yeah.
2: it's really it's, important. It's a family, isn't it? And yeah, it is the more family. you sit round a table, we all know the more you share and yep. and get along. I know with our
1: family, you know, our personal family, our get-togethers are so hmm. important because uh, you know it's it's a love relationship within a family it's the same within a yeah. church
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. and
1: so it
2: creates that, that unity doesn't it? it's that
0: bond isn't mm. it yeah. that bond I've actually I've actually said a number of times I know in my preaching I've said look there are two there are two spiritual gifts that are absolutely indispensable in a church if the church has got these two spiritual gifts it will grow if it does not have these two spiritual gifts it will fail the two spiritual gifts are encouragement And hospitality Mm. If you've got those two gifts Your church will grow Uh, You cannot have an evangelist there But if you've got encouragement And hospitality Your church will grow and, and you know, to to me, increasingly, I'm so conscious. You know, people uh, sometimes sometimes say to me, "Hey, look, Pastor, you know, I'm not a I'm not a big time preacher. I'm not an evangelist. I can't go and do this and that and something else." And uh, to me, uh, I, I just look at some of those people because some of them have got incredible gifts in encouragement and hospitality. Uh, and if you've got those gifts, your gifts, your church will grow. Uh, to, to me, I love this uh, uh, this particular article: acquisition versus retention. Do we need evangelism? Do we need need acquisition of course we do uh, do we need to retain those that the lord has blessed the church with has called them to uh, a new way of living and you know i, I love matthew 28 talks about uh, go preach teach baptize make disciples of all nations is what it actually actually says uh, the lord actually wants us to retain uh, as much as he wants us to evangelize it's not either or it's both and uh, i love uh, that that particular article but guys look Let's come to some uh, some music. Uh this is uh, Alison Krauss and uh, Union Station and uh this is uh the a living uh, a living prayer. Uh please enjoy uh this uh this song. Union Station, a living prayer, and that indeed uh, is what our prayer is uh, for for each of you. Uh, fantastic uh, thoughts in uh, in that song. Now, folks, we do have a giveaway book for you today. Now, look, uh, we do have uh, just something I do need to share, and that is that uh, yesterday we had uh, quite a number of uh, people request a, a book, but uh, at the at the end, there uh, a, a couple of people actually sent in um, a request for the book, but they used the wrong code number. Now, that's a cardinal sin. That's cardinal sin because if you do that, our robot – now, we don't have a smart robot. Uh, we've got one of the dumb uh, varieties. If you put the wrong uh, code in, he sends you a book from uh, a few weeks back. And uh, uh, So, look, folks, if you uh, got in your uh, return note – uh that uh, you're getting a different book that's because a different code number and that did apply to a, to a couple of people but look we're more than happy for you to actually have that book as well uh because we're so uh, we believe in this ministry just uh, just so much but today's book if you want a copy of this week's book uh please um request uh re-request with the uh with the correct correct number uh now our uh, our uh, Book this week is entitled Courage for Tough Times uh, and this is uh, uh this is uh, deals with how to cope with the lows of life. Uh God is never far away. Sometimes our heart aches with troubles, a cancer scare, a stroke, the loss of someone dear to us. Uh how do we cope with the lows of life? God is never far away. And Dr. David Marshall, his retired editor of Stanborough Press uh, has both experienced tough times himself and also found solace in the hope that can only be offered by a caring God. How, how do you uh, rely on God in the Tough Times. This is a super practical book. Now, folks, look, if you would like a copy of Courage for the Tough Times, all you need to do is to request it through our drive time text number. And our drive time text number is 4 888 That number again, 4 808 Eleven, and in your text, all you need to do is to put today's code. Now, our code today is SA130. SA130. Now, that's five digits in a row, um, not SA gap. Uh, once again, our uh, our robot he struggles with that one too. Uh, this is why we need to have we need to invest in a smart robot. Uh, but uh, courage for tough times. In your text, just put in SA130, and that'll go through to our robot uh, he'll ask a little bit of information uh from you and uh we'll get this uh, book to you in the fastest uh way possible. You will love uh this uh this book, uh, Courage for Tough Times. SA130 just 5 digits in a row and the drive time text number is 048888. 04888- 80811. You'll love it. Uh, fan. It's a fantastic book. Uh, Now, friends, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. And guiding us through our discussion today is my mate, uh, Pastor Eric Hoare. And Eric, in his retirement, is pastor to the Adelaide Seventh-day Adventist Indigenous Congregation. And we also have with us today uh, Suzanne Sugra. And uh, Suzanne's uh, the leaders of another of our congregation here in South Australia, the congregation at Victor Harbour. And we've asked uh, Suzanne to come in because we believe that this subject requires uh, the voice of a lady and uh, really appreciate the ministry, the leadership that uh, Suzanne does does provide. Uh, And, of course, this week we are following the theme, the Bible in times of hurt and pain. And today we dig into the question, do the faithful Always win. Do the faithful always have satisfaction? Dare I say it, are the faithful, are their prayers always answered? Now, Eric. Sometimes I, I come across people, certainly in my ministry, uh, who, who, who are struggling with incredible difficulty, you know, and I'm just so conscious that, uh, I'd be very surprised if there aren't listeners, uh, hearing us today who right now aren't dealing with incredible difficulties. You know, it can be issues of relationship. It can be issues of finance, issues of health. They, they just multiply and go on. You know, I mean, as a believer, I mean, as a pastor you've had to deal with this sort of thing many times i mean how would you respond to these people well when you step out in
1: faith you're going to bring upon you persecution there's no doubt about it because when you uh, accept jesus into your life and your life starts to change then people are going to notice you changing and there is going to come persecution because the devil's not going to let us get away scot-free Uh, He wants to keep us where we are. And when we start to change, those changes bring about a difference in people's attitudes towards the Christian. And it's been seen like that right through the ages. Uh, You know, uh, I'd like to take us, for instance, uh, through to the faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, Oh, this uh, is a real beauty. Yeah, and it actually talks about in Hebrews 11 Uh, Verse 35 onwards, it says women received their dead, raised to life again. Uh, Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourging. Yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And it's interesting to me that this text, these texts here, were written near the end of the first century when the persecution of the Roman Caesar Nero was in full force. Nero was crucifying Christians, using them as sport to fight lions and bears and gladiators as entertainment and wrapping them in tar and linen and use them as human torches in his gardens. The Christians of this time understood how horrible persecution could be, the extent to which they might suffer from their faith and so it was a terrible time a terrible time of uh, of losing your loved ones, of Mm. having your faith really, really tested to stand up for what you believe in and this is really what faith is all about That we can stand because we understand that what Christ has come into our lives, that we move from where we were, where we didn't believe. And now we have different principles, a different outlook on life, which is so exciting.
0: You know, Eric, one of the things that I particularly appreciate is the the context of that passage that you just read, because I'm just so conscious that it comes in the context of uh, Paul, uh, you know, the author there. What he's done is he's listed down uh, the wonderful victories – that God's people have uh, have seen through faith. He just goes on for well two thirds of the chapter, mm-hmm. and it's sort of all these things happen, and he gets so excited, you know. It's a it almost comes to a crescendo there, uh, and then all of a sudden he just flicks over. He turns he turns big time, and uh, simply asks says, "But others." They didn't see the same victories. They didn't see walls fall down. Rather, what they've seen here is the, their own persecution, their own death, the death of their loved ones. Uh, do you know, uh, to me, this is, um, I mean, this is something I think that we actually struggle to understand. I mean, what do you think, Suzanne? I mean, uh, do you think we struggle to understand this type of situation today, because we're living in a maybe an incredibly uh, a world that is that's so safe.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think in Australia we've got no idea really what these people have gone through, and other parts of the world, absolutely. And we're yeah. looking at China and that, where the, you know, meeting underground and that. Uh, Keep yeah. away and keep out of sight of the government, etc. Um, yeah. and other countries, and it seems to be more and more that persecution is coming upon Christians in other parts of yeah, the world.
0: Yeah, and that's certainly something I think that that point that you make there is really important and so vital that we understand because the level of Christian persecution is actually really starting to mm. accelerate in so many uh, parts of the parts of the world.
1: Well, it's interesting, Pastor Gary, in the book "The Global War on Christians." talking about persecutions of Christians for their faith over the past 20 years, the author states that 85% of the current religious persecution in the world is actually against Christians. Wow. That's, that's the whole faith. So it's 85%. And in the past 10 years, approximately 100,000 Christians a year are reported to be murdered for their faith. Now, we just can't imagine that in yeah, this country. Yeah, but yeah. that's actually what's happening right yeah. throughout the world. But it's interesting that Christianity seems to bring this hatred from the world, yeah, you know, when yeah. you stand up, particularly today, I think we're starting to move now into persecution more of for Christian on what you believe, because you're yeah. not allowed to stand up or speak because then you're you're hurting somebody's feelings or yeah. you're stepping on people's stones. Yeah. We've actually moved into minority now in those uh, in being able to speak out. Yeah. And so the persecution is going to come, and it's going to become more and more powerful.
0: Yeah, I, I think you make a, a excellent point there, because for years, certainly as Christians, uh Christians certainly, I suppose, predominated in parliaments. You know, laws that were were established were established uh with uh, with Christian principles undergirding them. But that is all changing now. There's been a a, a marked shift in everything that's actually uh, occurring in our in our world, and uh, uh, to me, as I as I read Hebrews chapter eleven here, I turn around and I say, "Hey, mighty victories were actually uh, were actually won, uh, but hey, you know, others uh, suffered for their faith." And of course, today we're actually talking about not just those who suffer for their faith, but those that do actually suffer. I mean, to me, I'm just so conscious that you know we have so many uh, people in, in our world who uh, they struggle. I mean, health. Is a really big one. You know, that changes almost can change your perspective almost overnight. You know, everything appears to be going on honky dory, Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, bang, a doctor's diagnosis, and you know, your whole world is uh, is turned upside down.
1: It's interesting. We at our church, we have a lovely lady who comes along, and um, uh, she's feeling new. uh, when you look at it, or the other people in the church, and she said when her husband got sick and she started reading the Bible, she really believed that God could heal her husband. And so in faith, she thought this would happen. Uh, And then she was speaking to another pastor out of our, not in our church, but another pastor, and he said, God doesn't heal everybody. You just have to accept things by faith. So when bad things come upon us or something hurtful comes upon us, we need to understand that whatever happens, Whatever happens in life, Christ knows best. He has whatever we have in our hands. Mm.
0: And I think that's really. And the reality is, you wouldn't actually need faith if, you know, if God functioned very much as the celestial Santa Claus, uh, you know, I become a believer, I'm immediately healed. uh, You know, at that point, God becomes a celestial Santa Claus.
1: And the problem is that if you look at the TV preaching, for instance, quite often uh, uh, some of the presenters there, if you have faith in Jesus, you will conquer kingdoms, you'll enforce justice, you'll become mighty, avoid death, be healthy, wealthy, and wise, just seen in your donations, mm. and all will be well. But that's yeah. not how it works, is yeah, it? Yeah, no. We've got to no. go through those hard times, and those hard times build character. I built character in Paul. Um, you know, he was able to talk about it. In fact, he
0: says, doesn't Suzanne, he? Suzanne, how do you feel about it? Can I just come yeah, across to Suzanne? Right. I, I mean, yeah. uh, this, uh, this, uh, this comment that, uh, that Eric made there that, uh, you know, um, uh, hard times build character. I mean, is I mean, quite quite frankly, um, I think a lot of people would. Well, I, I would think I'd rather avoid the hard times. <laughs>
2: well, I found out that having children builds character. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise I had. Have you? have
0: had four, haven't you? <laughs> no,
2: three. Three.
1: <laughs> uh, a four would be good. No. <laughs> um,
2: and look, I didn't. I didn't realise how much love I had to give. Um, to become, to become a mum, but also how quick my temper was. And I thought, wow, I need to, you know, do something about this. And it has taken a lot of prayer and, you know, situations at times where I think, oh, you know, just don't flare up, just have a deep breath, just take a minute, you know, and then, and then talk and, and sort the situation out. So yeah, I think God does put us through these things because our character is the only thing we take with us to heaven. And nothing uh, is going to change when we go into the grave where we come out. So God works with us, and He we can't do it ourselves.
0: I, I don't think he brings on all these. No. Uh, all he all allows
2: it. You. Sorry if I misinterpreted yeah, yeah. that properly. So it, it, it allows, and, and it just gives us that opportunity to trust and rely on him, to realize that we can't do it ourselves, but that Jesus can do it through us. Yeah. And to yeah. do that, we can turn to all this beautiful, beautiful, Bible verses. There, there's so many promises that we can claim when yeah, we're going through yeah, those really yeah. tough, tough times. And as mm. Dad said, with with the other lady with her husband, you know, healing might not come now in the way that you expect, but one day, we'll be healed. You know,
0: one of those. I'm really interested. You talked about about praying. You know, I, I think of Christ when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, if ever there was someone, I mean, he knows he's about to be. Tortured to death. Now, hey, you know, I mean, to me, a lot of these people who are mentioned in uh, the second half of uh, Hebrews chapter 11 are actually tortured to death Mm. hey you know shouldn't god relieve those people well jesus was actually about to be tortured to death he prays father take this cup from me but then he turns and makes this an amazing statement that to this day i shake my head at Uh, he, he simply says but not my will but your will be done,
1: and don't you think, Pastor Gary, that it, it is it is okay to question God? I mean, when we're going through these things, and some of the listeners, uh, you know, as we all do, go through hard times, we have a right to question God and to search and to uh, try and understand why. And we we can't understand. Now that's a
0: radical God. thought. I, I really I, I like this, but this is a radical thought. It's okay to question God, uh, Suzanne. How would you respond to that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't know. Um, I think you can God asks us to take our problems to him Yeah So that's what we do. And if we're thinking that inside, then say, Lord, help, show me what. why am I going through this. Help me understand. And Mm. then go to your Bible and look for the Mm. answers in Mm. there and pray. Do it with prayer Um, because that's the only way you're going to get that peace that only Christ can give you. And
1: and don't you think it's okay to say, look, God, why has this happened? Why why is this happening to me? You know, I mean, it's just so easy for each one of us that have been in the faith for a long time to say to a new person, say, look, all will be well. Yeah. You know, you've got yeah. to get over this, you yeah. know. But yeah. that's yeah. not what what is the right thing to say. I yeah. mean, there is a time of mourning. There is a time of searching. And I think through that we gain the experience of handling those bigger things and, and tough times when we do search and worry. Look what Paul says in Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. He says, do not lose heart, he says. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is is being renewed day by day. For this light affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen. So mm. it's telling us there that we don't lose heart, that we actually change and we're actually strengthening through this because we see God's working in our lives, mm. that he is the one that trusts, he is the one that handles yeah. it. He takes the burden. Yeah, from us yeah, and helps yeah. us through. No, look, that's good. Oh, yeah. uh, that's good. I think
0: also. I, I I do like your point though that uh, you know it's okay to question God. You know, I I know in in my life. You know, as a pastor, you know, there's certainly times when uh, I've certainly questioned God, Lord, why? You know, mm-hmm. why? I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I've done it numerous times. You know, I mean, people who have uh, who have passed away well before their years are up. You know, I, I sort of expect someone when they get to their, you know, maybe their 80s or the 90s and I hear there's been a heart attack, I sort of, yeah, okay, I mean, that's sad and I, I comfort the family, but everyone sort of understands that. But how do you explain uh, someone who uh, who passes away right in the prime of life? Uh, yeah. Do you know, I mean, uh, is it, okay, you know, I, I I ask questions. Uh, Are there easy answers? No, there's no easy answers.
1: I've heard heard it said to me that, you know, bad things seem to happen to good people, and yet some of those that are doing bad things seem to have a a, pretty good life, you know. And so, yeah, there is a lot of questioning about this, but it's only through as you go through life uh, that you look back and you say, hey, I'm actually I, I can understand now why this happened to me.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, yeah, and there yeah. are some things that we'll never ever mm. know the real answer to why yeah, that bad yeah, thing happened. Yeah.
0: Look, let's come to some some music. This is uh, Evie and Pella uh, Carlson and it's Nehemiah's prayer. Uh, love uh, this uh, this particular uh, this particular song, please uh, please enjoy uh, this uh, this music and the words behind uh, Evie's uh, Evie's prayer. on think goes back to about 1983 cannot believe uh, that uh, I first heard that song uh, way back uh, back there in about 83 I think I was just uh, uh, a brand new uh, pastor freshly minted from uh, from college in uh, in those days and uh, that was uh, certainly one of the uh, uh, the major Christian songs of, uh, of that particular era now folks we do have a fantastic uh, book to you it's a real little uh, little ripper uh, the, uh, the books in titled Courage for Tough Times. Uh, this is a book that's written by uh, Dr. David Marshall. He's, uh, uh, he's been a book editor for, for many years. He's experienced some incredibly tough times himself, uh, but he's found solace in the hope that can only be offered through a caring God. But how is that possible? Possible, you know, are trite answers enough? Uh, look, we'd love to be able to give uh, this particular book to you, Courage for Tough Times. Possibly, you maybe know somebody who's been going through some tough times. If you'd like to be able to give them this uh, this book, and uh, feel free to uh, to ask for it, uh, we'll deliver it to you, and then you can give it to your to your friend. We would love uh, this to get into the hands of of people who are struggling with tough tough times. Now, if you want this book, all you need to do is to, uh, text us on our drive time text number, which is 4888 80811 04888-80811. And the code that you're, uh, you're going to, uh, going to need, uh, is, uh, SA130. 130, SA130. 130, five digits in a, in a row. That'll go through to our robot. And, uh, our robot will, uh, will contact you uh, just to clarify your uh, contact details uh, so that uh, we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible. Now, that number again is 04 888 80811 and the code is SA130. You will love this particular book feel free to give it to a friend who may be struggling with something in this this particular area. Uh, now you are actually listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary and uh, guiding us through our discussion today is my mate uh, uh, Pastor Eric Hoare and Eric in his retirement is pastor to the Adelaide Seventh-day Adventist Indigenous Congregation and we've also got Suzanne Sugra uh, in our uh, studio today we feel we need the input from a, from a lady and uh, Really appreciate all the experience and the and the wisdom that uh, Suzanne does does bring, and of course this week we're following the theme the Bible in times of hurt and pain, and today we're digging into that question: Do the faithful always win? Uh, Eric, bring it together for us. We're getting towards the top of the hour. Yes, I'd like to go back to First Peter four,
1: uh, verse twelve onwards, where it says, "Beloved, do not be surprised." uh where it says blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of God, of heaven blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me you know it reminded I think this pastor Gary tonight that if we're going to go through persecution and troubles in our life let's do it for the right reasons
3: mm. and
1: the right reasons is that when you follow God he gives us greater riches in our life than what we do when we 're uh, out in the world, and people out in the world suffer because of sin, yeah. we suffer because we follow a Christ because the devil's going to attack us as I well. I think the
0: reality is don 't we that we we all suffer because of sin mm. uh, you know i i 'm just so conscious that you know even uh, uh, you know Christian parents who have brought their children up to to love and to honor Christ at some point their children uh, will you know, make a decision for themselves as to which way they should they should actually go. And uh, I've certainly spoken to multitudes of I've uh, certainly retired people who brought their children up to to love and to serve serve God. Yet in their uh, you know in their maturity, uh, their children have have moved a, a different direction. And uh, sometimes the uh, the impact of those decisions still weighs on uh, certainly those. You young people or now mature people, uh, and also on mum and dad. It seems that sin impacts us all in one way or another, whether we're a believer or not. But uh, I I suppose the question I'd ask is, you know, I mean, how do I, you know, I mean, how do I, you know, if someone's going through um, pain and suffering, I mean, Suzanne, I mean, how can I possibly, you know, um, provide support for the for the. And I mean, it's a good theological answer. The the best way to go.
2: Oftentimes, when people are really suffering, they're really not in that headspace. It can it, look. It can you, you can take beautiful promises and and present them, but sometimes it's just being there for the person. Um, I know of an accident that happened oh, probably about ten years ago now and um, a lady, her one of her children, was staying with another relative and there was an accident in South Australia and it happened on Sabbath morning, actually. And uh, she was in church when she found out and she ended up staying there for hours and the church family, her daughter actually had died uh, in the crash and all the family, uh, church family just sat around and prayed for her and she just had all that love and care and attention from her church family. And she was in shock. Mm. And it was uh, it was just the right place for her mm. to be at that time. And just them just being there and, and just consoling her and hugging her and just letting her know how loved she was and yeah. how terrible it was.
1: Yeah. I know one of our uh, Aboriginal folks um, was going through a rough time. Um, she was brought up by an adopted father and um, didn't have much to do with her Uh, her birth dad and uh, he was in a a home um, hadn't seen him for five years actually and um, she expressed to us that she was going through a tough time and she hadn't seen her dad so I talked. we talked to Pastor David about it so we took a two-hour trip that day we took her and an auntie down there and her her children down there two children that had, had never met this man it's amazing And we went there, and here he was. He'd had two strokes. He was sitting in a chair uh, in the nursing home. They had to feed him, and uh, we went up there, and he couldn't talk. Uh, He could only move his eyes a little bit. But when he saw this lady walk into the room, he just showed a recognition in his face, and he had never seen his grandchildren. It was such a beautiful moment of caring. Mm. And I think that's what it's all about, uh, Pastor Gary, that we're there, no matter what happens to any of us, as we go through trials and tribulations, that we're there for each other. Mm. Those times are precious time. And we live in a busy world where we neglect to do the important things in life. Yeah. And taking somebody to say, hey, look, I love you, you know, in their hour of need. Because of the breakdown in, in relationships today in a, in a horrible world, that when we go through trials and tribulations, we forget the small, the little things that we need to do and yeah. recognize them. Yeah. And I think that's what God says to us that we need to show mercy and grace. Blessed are those. Yeah,
0: I, I really appreciate what you're actually saying there because it's that human touch. You know, I, um, I I love it. I mean, just, you know, the last little while, the thing that I suppose that uh, I'm convicted on is that, hey, being able to write a word of encouragement to, yeah. to people. And uh, more and more, I know... Um, just, just, just recently I, uh, I, I read an article from a politician, you know, and, uh, I thought, well, uh, and I just, I didn't want anything, I just wrote a word of thank you. Um, into the into the politician just thank you for you know what you actually wrote there uh, you know and just uh, just a word of encouragement uh, you know i I'm just so conscious that within the world in which we're living today what a fantastic ministry if in fact we were to simply say hey I'm going to make encouragement for my ministry and you know, I, I certainly had a church member one time who made cards we don't need to make cards uh, but to be able to write a word and just Simply say, "Hey, I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. Thank you for your ministry. It can really lift a person's day.
1: Yes, I, if we look at the positives, you know, I I was sitting one mm-hmm. time, Pastor Gary, way back, and uh, something bad had happened to me, and a church member came and sat with me, didn't say a word, just sat with me uh, as I struggled through two or three days of that. He came at night and spent time with me. That's uh, all he
0: did. Exactly. Exactly, It changes everything, doesn't it? It does. does. Let's have prayer together. Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you now. Lord, I want to say thank you for being the almighty God. Lord, thank you for the exceedingly great and precious promises that you have given to us. Lord, I just want to pray right now for any, for our listener uh, right now who might be struggling with health someone who might be struggling with finance, someone who might be uh, struggling with, with relationship issues. Lord, I just pray uh, that you will guide and direct. Uh, Lord, I pray uh, that you might take control of their circumstance if that is possible. Um, but Lord, I pray that uh, we might take your hand and walk with you into a ever closer relationship. We just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining uh, Pastor Gary, uh, Eric Hoare and Suzanne on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano, Pastor Hugh Heenan uh, will join us as they look at the question, does Jesus always still the storm? Really look forward uh, to being with you then. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace i give isn't like the peace that the world gives so don't be troubled or afraid may our god abundantly bless you this program has been made possible by the support of adventist world radio